Crime Cafe, and I'm Debbie Mack, your host. Today is a little unusual because I don't have a guest, so what I'm going to do is talk about my own books. I am, in effect, my own guest. So, before I get started, let me just remind you that the Crime Cafe can be found at my website, crimecafe.net, and just click on the words Crime Cafe, and you can find all the episodes there in video and audio form. You can also find a way, a button to purchase the uh, Crime Cafe story collection, which consists of stories submitted by all the authors who have been interviewed here at the Crime Cafe for only 99 cents, which is a real bargain. And uh, I would also encourage you to please like our Facebook page. In addition to that, I am happy to announce that the Crime Cafe podcast is not only available on iTunes and SoundCloud, but on Stitcher as well. So everybody who has an Android device can now definitely get it. And with that done, let me just introduce myself again. I'm Debbie Mack. I'm the host of this show, and I'm also a novelist and screenwriter. And uh, I think the first thing I'll talk about since this is the Crime Cafe, are my mysteries. I've written four of them and had them published. Actually, I self-published them. The first book was originally published by a small press that went out of business, but uh, I decided to self-publish in 2009 and um, kind of got in somewhat early on the Kindle movement, I guess you could say, and did pretty well with that, to say the least. Um, here's a question for me. Tell us about the Sam McRae mysteries. What kind of woman is Sam, and how do you choose, how do you, did you choose her as a protagonist? Okay, if I were asking myself that question, the answer would be that for years I wanted to write a private eye novel, a hard-boiled private eye novel. Uh, however, by the mid-1990s, when I really got started with fiction, there were so many tough women sleuths that, and, and then of course there was Sarah Paretsky and Sue Grafton kind of leading the way with their female private eyes and doing so well that I thought, I need to make my protagonist a little bit different. And since I was a lawyer, I thought, you know, there's a lot of opportunities for lawyers to do investigatory work connected to their cases. And I should have known that from watching Perry Mason, because um, actually there was a blogger out there who at one time compared Sam to Perry Mason, which was a real compliment. And um, I think I have to agree with that. She has a little of that Perry Mason wit about her. Perry Mason is kind of a snarky guy, in case you haven't noticed, to the cops. But um, in any event, um, I did want to, decided to make her a lawyer. At first I thought about putting her in a firm, but then I thought, no, I want to make her a solo practitioner, like the lone private eye, except that she's a solo practitioner lawyer. So uh, Sam is kind of a, kind of a sarcastic, you know, smart alecky uh, woman who is very independent. Uh, her parents 
died when she was nine. They, they both died in a plane crash. And she was orphaned and went to live. She, she grew up in a very rough neighborhood in New York City. And when her parents died, she went to live with her cousin, who was the only person in her family who offered to take her in, uh, in Maryland. So that's how she ended up in Maryland. And she's been there ever since. And uh, she grew up very, uh, very much a smart aleck and kind of a, an outsider and with a very independent spirit. So the other thing, the other reason why I chose a lawyer protagonist was that there was an author I found during the time that I was interested in writing about writing mysteries, Judith Van Giesen, who wrote about a lawyer protagonist who was also a smart ass. And I thought, wow, she can do it so well. And she did it in the lawyer protagonist was uh, located in New Mexico. So I thought, I can do this for Maryland. I can make Maryland a part of the, uh, the, the feel or character of the book. And that's what I wanted to do. So I think that pretty much answers that question. Um, oh, I, I should mention that I did self-publish four novels in the series. And the fourth one has won an award from New Apple uh, Award, Indie Awards for books in the mystery category. However, the second through the fourth books are out of print at this point because I have signed with Wild Blue Press. So if you look for Identity Crisis, that's my first novel, which hit the New York Times ebook bestseller list in 2011. And I have to tell you, that's a whole nother story in itself. It was just, I think, good timing and hard marketing on my part. Um, Least Wanted was the second book, which also did very well. It was a Kindle Top 100 uh, bestseller, both here and in the UK. So at the time, uh, things were going gangbusters and the market has changed considerably since then, but I don't want to get into all that. Um, my other question is, I understand you've also written a YA novel. Tell us about that. Okay, if somebody were asking me that, I would definitely say, yes, I have a young adult novel or middle grade, depending on, I guess, what your uh, child is interested in. It's called Invisible Me. I think anybody from the age of eight through 80 might enjoy this book, actually. Um, it's about a 13-year-old albino girl who uh, who's moved around the country a whole lot because her dad's in the military. And um, she lands in Florida, and she's the outsider, the perennial outsider, because of she's an albino and because she's never spent much time in any one particular area. And when she arrives at this junior high school, it's her first year in junior high and she's a stranger and having a tough time as usual. She's kind of like super nerd. She's, she's really into books. She's found comfort in books, but has, hasn't had very many close friends. And when she arrives there, 
the most popular girl in school asks a favor of her. She asks if Portia, which is the protagonist's name, will spy on her boyfriend because she's afraid her boyfriend is cheating on her. And Portia is very reluctant at first to do this and doesn't want, you know, why, why should I do this for you? And the, uh, the girl, whose name is Denise, says, if you do this, I'll invite you to my big party, my big birthday party that's coming up, which is like, Portia compares it to Miley Cyrus's coming out party, which I think is a reference people still understand. So uh, that's how Portia gets involved with that. And what happens as a result complicates Portia's life greatly. She, um, she becomes very close to another kind of outsider type girl who has a hard time making friends and her obligations to Denise start to conflict with what she feels are her obligations to the other girl. And she also wonders about Denise's friends and what they think of this. At the same time, she's having some issues with her mother and her dad and trying to figure those out. Plus, to make it even more complicated, the boy that she's spying on, she's just, she starts to develop feelings for. So, as you can imagine, it uh, gets rather complex, and Portia gets a hard lesson in the ethics of spying, is what it comes down to, and trying to resolve all these conflicting feelings and things that are happening in her life. So, I think, as it happens, I think that makes a very good first book because it ends on an uncertain note with regard to one of those things in her life. And I think there's a potential in there for a sequel and for perhaps even a series of books about Portia where she finds out what happens in this unresolved aspect of her life. And I think it's a thread that could carry through quite nicely in some other books. What are you, what else are you working on now? Well, in addition to writing a thriller, I'm uh, working on a Sam McRae short story. I'm just finishing up tiny little details. And uh, I would also like, as I said, to write a sequel to Invisible Me. I'm also starting work on a new series. This series is about an unlicensed female private eye who is a veteran of the Afghanistan war. Her name is Erica Jensen and she has PTSD. That's her main complication, that she has PTSD. She's also unlicensed. Uh, she has a hard time forming relationships with people, dealing with stress and well, it, it's a lot, it's very interesting. It's, she's a very intriguing character to me because she has so much baggage to deal with while trying to solve mysteries. So I'm having fun trying to get to know that character and uh, really bring her to life. Along with that, I'm doing screenwriting. In fact, my first novel, Identity Crisis, uh, has been optioned to be made into a movie by 
Lisa Tufalo, who is a Maryland producer, and I wrote the screenplay for it, at least the first draft. There's probably going to be some changes to it. I think other people are looking at it. But the fact that I was able to write that first draft was really, really, it just felt like such an accomplishment. I've also written another screenplay called The Enemy Within, which uh, got special attention at the, uh, at, at the conference Script DC and uh, has received some, has been received very well in certain screenplay competitions, such as Scriptapalooza and the Austin Film Festival Screenplay Contest had put it in the second round in, in 2013, I want to say. So I'm going to try resubmitting to some of those contests again and see what happens because I've really, I've been working with the screenwriting group and really honing my screenwriting skills the best I can. It's tough, screenwriting is. I mean, not that novel writing is easy. None of this is easy, but um, it's enjoyable when you can do it. And finally, I'm venturing into, of all things, documentary making. I, I don't know what it is, but there is something about watching a documentary about true stories that really kind of sets me on fire a little bit and makes me want to tell stories in a visual way. So given the fact that a person can use various platforms on the internet to show their, their work nowadays, it seems like the possibilities are limitless for, for storytellers out there. So on that note, I will say that's it for me. And uh, I really appreciate everybody who, who has listened to this show. I want to thank everybody. This is our last episode for a while. We're going to take a little break, and then Season 2 will start in a few months. And uh, again, I'd like to encourage all listeners to please go to crimecafe.net and click on Crime Cafe and look for the uh, $0.99 cent story package, which I assure you is a great deal. You'll get some really wonderful, wonderful fiction and non-fiction as well from it. And also please like our Facebook page. And finally, what else? Oh yes, listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher. And that's it for me for now. So see you in a few months.